Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. to the 438th episode of the Stone Cold Silver Podcast. Reza, you look like you had a great weekend. Uh, what did you get up to? Yeah, so today, uh, the 25th, is uh, Elena's birthday. So Happy birthday. Yeah. Um, now we... So, kind of long story goes into all this, like long logistics that I don't really need to get into, but the gist of it is that... Um, Several months ago, Lane and I went to a comedy show up in Milwaukee, and we were interested in seeing more shows. And at the time, we were like, oh, maybe we could see somebody when we go down to Florida over the holidays. And coincidentally, Chappelle was going to be uh, down at the Hard Rock in uh, like Fort Lauderdale or something like that. But I don't know. I just We weren't particularly thrilled about the idea of seeing Chappelle. It's pretty expensive, and we'd already seen him with you. Uh, wait, did you? Yeah, you were there. You were there um, at the um, at Radio City uh, several years mm-hmm. ago, and so Lana was saying, you know, she would love to see Bill Burr, um, and we were going to miss him when he was in Chicago um, because we didn't have um, grandma support at the time. So because uh, Lana's mom had to come to town for a little bit, uh, just coincidentally over uh, uh, Lana's birthday weekend, she was like, oh, let, let's see where we'll, where Bill Burr's going to be. And he was going to be in Salt Lake City, Utah, which neither of us had been to, at least as adults. I drove through when I was a, a kid uh, on, a, on a road trip out west, and I barely remember any part of it. So uh, we figured it'd be a good opportunity to, to, you know, explore another state, explore another city, and also get to see one of our favorite comedians in person. So that was uh, that was the, you know, the background behind why we went out where we, where we did and when we did it. Um, so Lana's mom got into town last weekend, and on Thursday we uh, we flew out to uh, to Salt Lake City. So for like, you know, we we tried to like blend it, you know, the the birthday. Um, events into this like joint trip so um you know like we we went to breakfast like we dropped gordon off at at daycare um on thursday and then immediately after we went to uh to get breakfast at a first watch which i don't remind me did you ever make it to first watch in uh delaware no i never did okay so yeah, we went to breakfast, and then after that, we uh, we we drove down to the airport. Now we flew out of Midway, which we don't do very often. Midway is about an hour drive from my house, so not something we typically do. Um, but it's close enough that you still explore it when it comes to um, you know if the if the 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 the, the prices are good. So prices were good. <laughs> so we uh, we flew down. We actually flew to Provo, which is about forty miles south of Salt Lake City, because yeah. that was the only airport that that uh, salt that that um, that you could get a flight to from Midway, if I'm not mistaken. At least I could be wrong, um, but nevertheless, the prices were great. We we flew into Provo, um, and we rented a car. So we rented through Hertz. Now Provo is a little weird because, despite the fact that their airport is open on Sunday. All the rental car places are closed on Sunday, which we didn't know until after we booked the car, uh, after we booked the flight. Um, now I did c- uh, contact uh, Hertz, and they they let us know that even though like even if you book it, um, they will still honor the date that you return. So I returned the car this morning. It's not going to be checked in until tomorrow. 
but they won't charge us for the day, which I guess takes a, a fair bit of trust on their part. Like, I don't know if yeah, they're going right. back to check their cameras if they think that you're you're lying. <laughs> but um, yeah, so anyway, we I, now I didn't like this. I was a little bit worried that this would happen. I rent I rented through Avis. I think I told this story already on the podcast, but I rented through Avis um, some time ago doing a one way rental when we had um we 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 were in florida and we were there for like three weeks so instead of parking the car for three weeks and paying like you know 15 dollars a day or whatever it was we did a wonder one-way rental from our town to the airport and then we did another one-way rental from the airport back and when i did that it gave us a uh, an electric car because we did like I, I have avis preferred and it like pops up on your phone like what car do you want to reserve and i was only given ev options and because I didn't feel like going to anybody at the counter. I was like, and I already own an EV. I know what it's like to drive one. I could charge it at the house without getting a new uh, a new cable. I just figured I would um, I would just take it. And uh, it ended up being a little bit problematic. But um, at the end of the day, I'm not actually sure it was because of the EV. And it was just more shortcoming on that Avis's part. But with that said, the inconvenience of the charging, like being able to charge at a gas station when you're doing a rental car, when you're usually operating on you know you, you don't have that much free time when you're on trips so i didn't want to have to stop at a charger especially like because we were going to be driving 45 miles away so and and our flight back was at 8 a.m today um i didn't want to have to be sitting at a charger for you know up to 30 minutes trying to get it back up to charge so that we can return it with the full you know with the full battery um anyway um when we got there <laughs> the quote unquote manager special that we had reserved because that was far cheaper than specifying a car ended up being an EV and I was hoping that they could switch it back but they couldn't because they were out of cars so we got a Polestar 2 and um, honestly really enjoyed it I'm glad I'm glad we did the experience again because it was a, it's a really nice car it's a really nice drive um, and my uh, the the um, when I bought the ID four, it came with three years of free charging for the ID four. It's supposed to be tied specifically to your vehicle, but for whatever reason, it was actually applied to this Polestar. So we got free charging while we we're out there too. So we didn't have to pay for any like. Well, that's not completely true. I did I did charge once um, at a different um, at a different company's um, charging point specifically was it EV go so I paid like I don't know 10 15 bucks or something like that to charge one time through that network because it was convenient we were we were in target so and there was one there so we, ch we charged up there but I was surprised to learn that we were able to to get free charging so with all the with all the driving that we did that was all free which was great um so anyway we we get to Provo get in this car we we uh we stop and get some uh some wings at this like local restaurant in uh, in provo and then from there we decided to or not decided but we had to drive up the 45 miles to salt lake city so we got to salt lake city and the hotel that we were staying is right across the street from the delta center which is where the utah jazz play which is where bill bear was going to be and coincidentally it was a, there was a utah jazz game going on so it was a little bit annoying just trying to navigate all that foot traffic with people crossing the street and not having like a green turn arrow trying to get into you know onto the street where the hotel was ultimately wasn't too bad we we got in we didn't really do too much that night um like by the time we got to the hotel the the games usually the games usually start like 7 p.m local and the game was just starting so we got in about 7 p.m we did a quick run to uh whole foods we got some like snacks and some uh some water because the plan was that we were going to go to um, a hot spring 
on uh, Friday. Um, and so this hot spring, there was like a, it was like a two and a half mile hike to the hot spring. There were supposed to be like some beautiful waterfalls and everything. So, you know, we, we wanted to get some, you know, like basically what, what you and I did when we went out to late, uh, to Blanca Lake, uh, out in Seattle, we, you know, we, we, we got some like water, we got some, uh, like nuts and, uh, granola bars, you know, nothing crazy, but we got a few different things just so that we could stay hydrated and stay, you know, stay energized for that, you know, the duration of that hike. And, um, and we went back to the house we, or the hotel, we went to sleep the, uh, the next day we, uh, you know, did breakfast and then we, we drove out, which was, it was an hour and 30 minutes. It was like, it was like further South of Provo. So we basically went all the way back the direction that we came the day before to go for this hike. Now we made a critical error, Sandy, in that we didn't Uh check that the trail to this hot spring was open and so we're, we, we, we drive an hour and 20 minutes into this hour and 45 minute journey. We're now like on, we're now on like, you know, the, 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 you know, paved, but bumpy road up to the trailhead. And all of a sudden there's a gate and it says closed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, God. Uh, um, yeah. So we, I, I quickly Google with what limited service I had in this area and, alltrails.com comes up and sure enough the uh this trail is closed during the winter now like there are still cars like there are a couple cars that are there because people are like hiking they're they're out camping and stuff um but we couldn't we couldn't go any further and at that point it would have been like a 10 mile hike to get out there so that wasn't going to happen so we quickly audible we we google and we find there's a hot spring um a bit north of i forget the name of the lake um but so we we drive like i don't know 20 20 to 30 minutes back the direction that we had come to this lake and um there's a uh, there's a hot spring along this like just to the north of this lake and um got in it was it was actually hot <laughs> as advertised it was kind of cool uh it was the is utah lake so if you like look at the map, you're like, oh, Utah Lake, like when we're driving along, it's like, oh, this is pretty big. But the Great Salt Lake just completely dwarfs it. We actually never saw the Great Salt Lake, now that I think about it. We never we never made the time to go north of the city. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. It's the first time either of us had ever been in a hot spring. There were a few other people there. There was a, there was this um, one dude who was there with like four dogs. <laughs> um, there were some like, you know, I say, I don't want to say younger kids, but there were these like, you know, kids in their 20s. Um, who were like fascinated by the dogs and one of them apparently wanted to buy them and the guy the guy like he he's a local he comes around there apparently a lot and he says that he's had a few interested parties and there were some people who were offering him this much money for it and he's not sure what he's going to do but um they they were like exchanging numbers there was a there were a couple of families who were there some kids who were playing around and Lynn and I just kind of enjoying it so we hung out there for like 20 to 30 minutes maybe before we we uh we got out it was not super cold outside it's probably like in the 50s i think so um you know it's cold but not like too not like super cold so getting out wasn't like unbearable <laughs> um and then uh at that point we we drove back to the place we ended up going out to this indian restaurant for dinner which was really good um and then the next day saturday we uh took a long walk out to breakfast and came back, just kind of explored the town a little bit uh, on foot, which we hadn't done it up until that point. We uh, we saw um, Wonka, the Willy Wonka movie. Mm. 
uh, which was really good. We really enjoyed that. It's the first time I think Lane and I have been to the movies together in, God, how long has it been? I don't know. Probably, I, we may have seen like one movie since we <laughs> since we had last seen a movie at your wedding, uh, you know, the day before your wedding. So it's been it's been a while. We don't we don't see movies anywhere near as much as we used to. I've seen a few movies with Gordon, but I haven't really seen any movies with Lana this year. Um, and then after that, uh, I charged the car. Lana took a nap, and then there was the show. So um, Bill Burr, great show, loved it. Um, oh, I, so good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. So he had two openers. I'm blanking on the first opener bianca something i'm forgetting what her last name was but dean del rey was his was his second opener i think i think that's his name yeah dean yeah, del rey, dean del rey. Yeah. um who, who's one of one of bill's good friends they have like a po- uh, i don't know if they, i think they have a podcast together i think they said um i've never listened to it to be honest but uh he was hilarious and then uh and bill came out and you know like the thing that the thing that's funny about openers is that you're like, wow, they're really good. Like you're cracking up, and then Bill comes out, and you like, I'm thinking I couldn't laugh any harder, but no, like I, it turns out you're I could. You're crying, I aren't could, you? I could laugh harder. Yeah, um, I forgot to mention. So this again, this is at the Delta Center. So this is uh, where the Utah Jazz play, just like you and I did when we went to, when we saw Bill at at um, Madison Square Garden. We got seats on the floor. Um, we were just to the right um of the stage and like just in that right section but we were in the f- the, f- the the furthest the seats the furthest to the left and we were in row 20 so we were fairly close but the thing that always sucks is that you know there's there are going to be people who are taller than you and you're just not going to be able to see and you're ultimately going to have to watch on the screen so i lena had the aisle seat so she was able to watch bill primarily just like actually just see him walking back and forth on the stage i couldn't really see him there was someone who was taller than me in front of me and i was mostly watching bill through the uh the screen but uh anyway that was still great um and yeah just just dying laughing it's interesting how good some of these comedians are at just it's very clear like there there are some jokes that are very specific to utah like you know the mormon related jokes um just utah in general the mountains and i i guess i'm i'm fascinated at at like dean and bill specifically their ability to tell these jokes that are very specific to this town they're basically one-off jokes yeah but they kill like these jokes are they're they're getting if not as big even bigger laughs than the stuff that was actually prepared um that they you know that they've been saying on on this tour um so i found that pretty fascinating and like it worked for us too like i'm i was dying um and the other thing is how comfortable both bill and dean were at telling jokes at the clearly republican primary crowd's expense oh yeah like you know when when people clearly get uncomfortable and it's so subtle like people are still chuckling and stuff but it's subtle like it's oh, you di- can feel the energy very, change you yeah and they will call it out and be like oh really that's what set you off huh and they just keep going from there it, oh it, yeah they're off I, for blood i was <laughs> i was envisioning bill's rant at the uh at, at uh in philly when he was just shitting on the philly crowd for like 12 minutes um but yeah, it was a great show. They the, int- the so Bill is doing the thing that other comedians are doing, where they take your phones from you, where they like lock them up in that pouch, and they also lock up your your um your if you have a smartwatch, they lock your watch up too. 
So that kind of sucks because we arrived at, so the doors open at 6 p.m., show starts at 7.30. We arrived at like 6.30-ish. We we got some food and then, but we had no clue what time it was. There were no clocks anywhere, which was ridiculous. So I'm like, you know, oh, do we need to be in our seat seat right now? you know, unless you find somebody who's wearing a, uh, an analog or, you know, a non-smartwatch, you have no idea yeah. what time it is. And at some point I heard, I overheard somebody say, oh, it's quarter to seven, but I could have, you know, he could have been making shit up. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't well, see right, if he had a right, watch right. on. Like he, he was telling Says somebody you. else, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like some middle school shit. Like, uh, yeah, like, says you. <laughs> I mean, it, sh- it felt later than 645 to me at that time. So, um, so yeah, I had no clue what time it was. I never asked anybody, but um, yeah, that that, that part kind of sucked, not not being able to to check your watch. And I don't know, it, it was fine, but it was definitely very interesting. And it led to a huge delay in actually exiting the building. So Lena, she was like, "Oh, let's try to get out now because this, you know, you're you have the best seats in the house, but it also means you have to wait for everybody in front of you to leave. So it's yeah. it's kind of like being in the back of an airplane. Um, yeah, and but like worse because it took everyone so long to crowd out of the bleachers out of the stands to then go up the stairs and then on top of that everybody had to get their phones unlocked out of these pouches and there were only like there were only a hit like i don't know there there were like two so there there are door there are probably like eight sets of doors on the building like each corner there's like a set of four doors on each corner of the building so maybe eightish doors I'm, I'm kind of guessing I'm not 100 percent sure how many doors there actually are to come in to come in and out of the building but several of the doors were closed and I think only two of those like two corners had entryways that were actually open in the stadium and there were like two to four people manning the doors to unlock every person's phone pouch and some of them are having trouble because it's like a little it's like a little magnet thing that you kind of have to bang it against the little button the device kind of like the little ink things at a at a at a checkout when you know over like jeans or something like clothes right like sometimes it's a little finicky and they gotta be you know they have to try a few times to get it out they got to do that for every single person, and we're basically the last people to, be, to exit the building. So that took a that took a while, which was a little bit annoying. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, walked right across the street, got some, you know, took took a shower. Did we take, yeah, took a shower, um, packed up a little of the stuff, and then and then got to bed. We had a early morning flight, eight a.m. So of course we had to do that forty five minute journey back to Provo, uh, which honestly wasn't too bad. Um, we we left the place at like. 5 30 ish um got in at 6 15 there was a charger at the airport so i did a quick like five minute charge just to get it back to the to the uh the level that it needed to be uh because i wasn't able to you know we we, we used a little bit more than we than we needed uh than, than we were able to or allowed to um on that drive so then just returned the car got back on the plane and here we are um and then nice. yeah again Again, it's Lane's birthday, so um, yeah, happy birthday to her. It was overall, I think she had a good time. I know I had a good time, um, and yeah, back back to reality. Back to reality, indeed. Yeah, I'm glad it was a like, good trip. I like Salt Lake City. I've been there a couple of times. Um, oh, have you? Yeah, I've flown in there a couple of times. I've also done. Uh, I've driven from there to Park City because Park City is right, you know, right there. Salt mm-hmm. Lake City is really the main way to get to Park City. It's like a 40 minute drive. Um, 
I've also done the drive out from uh, Salt Lake City to the Bonville Salt Flats. So I've done that. Oh, that's right. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool because it's I-80. Um, and if you look at I-80 on a map, it's basically mm-hmm. a shipping lane. Uh, and I was in a Subaru and I was in the left lane. And I counted that I drove past like 50 plus tractor trailers because wow. you're all in the right lane. And so, you, I mean, it's just at a certain point once it like it sort of does like a – I think it's a – let me just pull it up. I think it's like a small S-curve outside of Salt Lake City. And then from there, it's literally a straight line to Reno. <laughs> I see. So I'm pulling up I'm Salt Lake City at, right now. I'm looking you at it. You see it, right? You're, you're basically right. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a little inverted V. Yeah, it's a little bit around the Great Salt Lake. The, yeah. And then yeah. it's like it's not even like registering this part of the map. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just – Yeah. What is that? Is that a government facility? What is that? It, What's kind of crazy also is great, yeah, yeah, right. Um, when you're driving out there, because we turned around, uh, I don't know where the Bob Millsell flats are, to be honest, but uh, you can tell that the this the line, yeah, the state line is right there. We literally drove mm. to like West Wendover and turned around because like that big blue thing uh, right at the uh, the Utah yeah. Nevada border is like a massive, massive like truck stop. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I think there's like, uh, oh, yeah, the Bondo Salt Flats are like, it's right there. Um, okay. And so it I was kind of yeah. cool. Uh, but when you're driving along I-80 and you hit that inverted V, uh, and then you've got like that big sort of gentle turn around Lake Point and Stansbury Park, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool because on one side, it's like super flat. And then on the other side, it's, um, it's like these tall mountains. And so you, you sort of get, like, the classic, like, uh, Americana view of, like, oh, man, I can't imagine what it was like to, like, be in a uh, horse-drawn, uh, whatever, cart thing. And it's just, like, you're, you're, yeah, you're yeah. traveling, you know, across all of this. It's, it's, it's like, that natural gra- natural grandeur uh, that, that they give you. It's really cool. Um, I would yeah. not recommend buying real estate in Salt Lake City, especially looking the way you do. Uh, but also, more importantly, um, the Great Salt Lake is drying up, uh, yeah, and there's a lot of issues because, like, you know, you talked about Provo, you talked about Salt Lake City, like these are like these like cities that are, like really beefing up, especially like post pandemic because a lot of folks that work in tech, uh, mm-hmm. they're building like a nice little tech quarter out there, which oh, yeah, is cool because like are. your money goes like way far out there. You know what I mean, like. You could yeah. argue that like a like a I'll say eight hundred, nine hundred thousand, even a million dollar home out in Provo is like way different than in Cali, right? Or Denver. That's yeah. like it goes yeah. without saying. That said, Great Salt Lake is drying up and they're finding out that like the salt content Yes. That is like airing it like aerating around Salt Lake City is so ridiculously poisonous. And you're I, I have no faith that we're going to reverse global warming anytime soon. You know what I mean? And I could, I couldn't imagine living in a place where like your natural water reservoirs, not, not, not counting the Great Salt Lake, but like the natural underground water reserves are drying up way faster. And they're also overbuilding out there. This isn't meant to like complete shit on Salt Lake City and Provo. It's a beautiful (laughs) place. And the next time you're out there, if you can like go to, what's it called? drive out to um a couple of cool places out there it's it's nice it's like a it's a nice little um what's it called 
hub, I'll say, for like skiing, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, otherwise, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's all I'll say. About yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. We, we did see that. So we're, you're going from uh, Provo to Salt Lake City, you're taking I 15 North. And uh, there's a town, I think it's called Lehigh, where uh, near where we, the the springs. So we went to the Sar- Saratoga, Saratoga Springs, and there were a lot of new homes. Like you just see, like everything is new. You're like, oh, yeah. what, what's going on here? Um, but along the uh, I-15, there's like this huge Adobe building that seemed like they were still actively building it. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of yeah, a lot of businesses in this area, um, and yeah, I, like I I couldn't help but like just repeat myself to Lane how fascinated I was about the idea, you know what it was like, two hundred years ago, right? Like when they first when they first came out here and settled this area, it's so beautiful. Just like you're in this valley between these mountains, um, and then like could you like could they have ever envisioned what it would ever like what it would eventually look like the amount of people that actually live here um obviously the answer is no i think there's a lot of technology and everything like that but but like i don't know i just found the whole thing pretty pretty fascinating and yeah really interesting how they seem to be building it up so much right now so uh the last time i was out there it was for skiing right uh and park city like you can tell when you like uh when you search park city it's like how mm-hmm. close it yeah. is to salt lake city right like yeah and so a friend of mine she was like hey we should go skiing i was like great let's do it i've never gone skiing before not the best place to do it um i still you can also <laughs> tell us sundance um is that the real sundance i don't know if that's the same sundance but oh, right. um mm-hmm. park city is really cool because uh, i also had like you know in the summertime they got like summer shit wintertime they get winter shit now let me tell you You've got Google Maps up, right? Yep. Now, I started my day when... So the first day I went skiing, she did skiing. She goes, listen, like, you know, she wanted to do... Because, like, she's a very accomplished skier. So she had done, like... She's, like, wanted to go out here and do, like, backcountry, like, double black diamond skiing, which she's, mm. like, super comfortable about. I'm like, I'm, like, falling down on blues. Yeah. And so what I ended up doing was we woke up super early... And I dropped her off, and what I ended up doing was I, ju- I left Park City, all right, zoom out a little bit. I drove along I, f- I drove along uh, Route 40, as you can tell. Okay. I drove in 40 into Colorado. Wow. And this was just like me in a car. Yeah. And then I turned around, and I hooked back 40 up to 191, and then okay. I went up into what says at wyoming and then yeah. i hooked a left when 191 hits 80 and yeah. then i went up 30 just so i could hit idaho and then i hit back down south salt lake city i did that in about a day it wow. was uh it was just cool because like it's a lot of driving it's a lot of driving um and i just like listened to the radio and it was like a very it's like one of those things where it felt out of body uh because mm-hmm. it felt very meditative it was just yeah. me in a car in like this part of the country, and you know, like Promontory Point is somewhere out there where you know the other uh, railroads met, and I wanted to go out there, but the exit to get to it, I thought I got off the highway, and it was like another like hour and a half, and I was like forty five minutes, and I was like, man, I'm gonna be late for dinner with my friend. I'm gonna turn around. Um, yeah. Uh, but it was really cool. I think you and I would really appreciate a drive like that. Just like you know, just like yeah, not really cool. While you're just driving like a really 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 beautiful part of the country um but obviously you want to get back into town before sundown 
Um, yeah. Which is like, yeah. tough to say with like, certain parts of the country out here, you know? Yep. I did look it up, by the way. Sundance does take place in Park City. I had no idea. Yeah, that's no what I thought. I had that's what no I thought. clue. Um, I, I'm telling you, like, if you ever find yourself out there, Salt Lake City to Park City is like a 40-minute drive. It's a really cool drive. Five-lane mm-hmm. highway up a curving mountain. It's a kind of wild how fast people are driving out there. Um, yeah, but it's, man. It's really cool. So when we were when we when we had that bust of a of a um, when we when we failed to do, get to that first hot spring because the road was closed, there was a stretch where we were going down. I'm trying to like figure out exactly where it was based on this map, but um, there was a stretch we were going, and it's like it, you know it's a, not like super windy, but the speed limit's 65. And I was like, yo, this is way faster than I'm comfortable doing right now. Oh yeah, and dude. for the and most the, and people part, people are going way faster lane. than that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like one lane. It's like, yo, uh, you, you'll see a sign. It's like, oh, S-curve's coming up ahead. Drop speed of 40. And people are right on your ass. I'm yeah. like, I'm not. It's like, drop speed? Make, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, speed up. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, it, there, there's always a difference when you have lo- between when you have locals and, and people who are on these roads for the first time. But uh, I... I wasn't. I was very comfortable doing the speed that I was doing. I wasn't going to be speed up for nobody at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let me tell anyway. you about. Let me tell you about my daughter, aka the gremlin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she she's in full gremlin status right now. First mm. few days, as you may know, baby uh, babies are like super calm, and we got like super confident because. We were like, oh, like this, like uh, parenting stuff is super easy. I don't know why people complain about it so much. Um, <laughs> but it's also because she has so much melatonin, like late melatonin still in her body. So like mm-hmm. she was sleeping 23 hours a day. Well, she found her voice uh, the last week and yeah. she's a pretty fussy baby. Um, she is calm most of the time. And then like we have to feed her every two hours. Um and if we don't feed her every two hours, she'll wake up and she'll let you know that she's hungry. And yeah. what she'll do at the feeding cues, you know, like when a baby like opens her mouth, purses their lips, lick their mm-hmm. lips a little bit, searching. It's like, all right, cool. At that point, you kind of want to be ready. And then what our friends taught us, the trick that they said was change your baby's diaper before you feed them. Why? Oh, okay. Just because if they're a little tired, you can zhuzh them up a little bit. Um, you also just want to get this stuff done so that, you know, when you're feeding, they got a clean diaper. Um, so that's what we've been doing. And then we sort of warm the bottle up because we're doing bottle feeding. Um, it's been working out super well. Uh, so, so no complaints there. We were able to like sort of move off a formula pretty much wholehearted, you know, whole hog. We got a, we got a couple of the sample, not samples. We got, we got a formula in the house, but we just don't need it no more. It's like for like emergencies. Yeah. We did the same too. Yeah, yeah. And and so uh, what right now, though, like, so we actually, to jump forward a little bit before I jump back, we had our second main pediatrician visit, like our two-week check-in. And mm-hmm. the doctor was like, oh, you know, Riley's putting on good weight. She's like seven. So she was born seven pound, one ounce. She dropped to like six and change. It was like six pounds, maybe 10 ounces or something like that. That classic yeah. you know, newborn drop. Yep. And then she's back up to seven pounds, eight ounces. So I was like, all right, she's putting on weight really good. They, they call it the classic Nike swoosh. Um, <laughs> and she, she's, she's doing good. Uh, doctor goes, you don't have to feed her every two hours at night. You can probably move it to four to five hours. And, you know, 
dude, if you can only have to feed your baby four to five hours, that's one wake up at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. that's some elite. That's elite stuff. Um, in the first week, Carol and I were both waking up every two hours. Uh, just because we wanted to get the hang of it, and Carolyn had the pump, and so like we were trying to help each other out to be like, it doesn't have to all be on you, or all be on me. Uh, but mm-hmm. this second that week, we were like trying to do every other. So like you know, we're hoping that we at least get three hours, maybe three and a half hours of uninterrupted sleep, and then it's your turn. So like you, you know, the body is pretty dynamic and resilient, and what used to be like, oh my god, if you're not getting like five or for me five or six hours of uninterrupted sleep, it's gonna be a tough day. But now it's like if I can get one three-hour stretch, I'm pretty much set. Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm averaging around like four and a half hours of sleep at night, which is not bad. Um, okay. And I say that like seriously. It's not bad. Just a couple couple, couple cups of coffee. I'm, I'm right as rain. Um, sometimes there's a nap here or there. But otherwise, uh, she, Riley, is – dude, I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. She goes from super okay – <laughs> right like you wake her up and we gotta we gotta yeah. snoo uh so we gotta like you know take her out of the the sleep uh swaddle mm-hmm. so then mm-hmm. like zhuzh her a little bit but i'm like hey riley wake up um <laughs> and then uh go to like open the you know get the bottle in the bottle warmer and then i come back um get the diaper changed she's the queen of you know poopy diaper once you're about to close up that that new diaper, she like pees yeah, on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, It's like all right, all right. That felt personal. That felt personal. <laughs> um, I've seen projectile poop, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> when it like flies out of her, hits the back, because like you know the way I, I don't know the way you change the diaper. You got the dirty diaper first. You're doing the wipes, right? And mm-hmm, so uh, mm-hmm. you're not trying to like, because like we got a changing mat on top of her dresser, but we also put like, yes. a pee pad on top of it. Oh, that's what we did too. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. I ain't trying to move. wipe this pee pad all the time. You know what I mean? Like, what yeah, am I gonna do? Yeah. Carry this like diarrhea-filled yeah. thing into the sink every night? Mm-hmm. Get out of here. But as you know, you put the wipes in the in the diaper, and every once in a while broadside guns go off and you see it fly out straight line and if i didn't have like that diaper uh sort of doing that sort of like gentle c curve up you just see it hit the back of the diaper it's like that's a kill shot dude yeah that is a kill shot um but uh nothing like nothing like getting a clean diaper on your and that and she hates getting her diaper changed like most babies do um but you just gotta get her past the cold wipe sensation uh, legs up in the air into the new diaper and then she's fine for a little bit but then she's in that onesie that like uh, the double zipper onesie and she's like got that she likes to do that stiff straight leg thing so I gotta figure out a way to like tickle yeah. her feet so that she can yeah. pull her feet up and then you've got like maybe two seconds not even to like oh she put her foot back get the thing in so that she can kick <laughs> back into it um, and all of this is happening at two in the morning and then she does this thing where she has like three or four different cries and sometimes like when she gets to like stage five crying where she's like really leaning into it you just gotta sit there and be like you think you're cool when you do this riley you think people like you when you do this you think you're gonna make a lot of friends in school when you talk like this um but yeah she's a she's full gremlin status dude because she like when we're feeding her she like holds the bottle well, you know, her really? definition of holding she her definition of holding the bottle, which is just like yeah. putting both of her gremlin uh-huh. paws on it, you know, because we had to in her onesie, like, you know, we don't let her hands come out. We do the mitten over top because she likes to scratch things. Oh, um, okay. 
so she, I mean, she's she's full straight jacket, dude. Um, but she'll like hold the bottle and then she'll make all these guttural sounds when she's feeding. <laughs> you know, it's like you yeah. either sound like you have emphysema or you're like <laughs> guzzling this food. It's like I always thought, I was like, you know, this food's not going nowhere. You can take your time. I got a burper four to five times through it. Um, gotta get that good bass burp out of her. Um, because she'll, you just hear her like wheezing while she's eating. It's like, I got the right yeah, nipple on, yeah. you know, we, we started with the one we were using Dr. Brown bottles. Uh, okay. We have a, oh, we, we have a baby. I forgot about this stuff, dude. Yeah. Dude, we had so dude. many bottles. Yeah. So oh, much. Yeah. You can yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got them all sizes too. Um, mm-hmm. come one, come all. We got them in the, the, the two ounce bottle, the four ounce bottle. We haven't got the, we're, we haven't graduated the eight ounce bottle yet, but, uh, we also got all the nipples, right? So from the P for preemie. Uh, just because in the beginning we want to do that slow feed anti-colic stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And now we're on the one. Um, we're not ready for twos yet, but you know she's she's sucking it down on one. The feeds take about ten to twelve minutes, so you know she's 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 making good time. But I've also mm-hmm. had to learn that like after I burp her, I've got to have her like semi laying. So she like lays on my chest after the burp, right? Yeah. And I try to make sure that she's like up for a little bit because what I've learned is if I put her down too quickly, she's just spitting up. Uh, and uh, then she's basically laying in her spit up uh, on both yeah. sides of her face, which is like not ideal. Um, no, certainly not. I'm telling you, man, f- I call her a gremlin because she's making these guttural sounds when she feeds. And then she like cries at the smallest thing. Uh, now, it's small to me. It's probably the biggest thing in her life up until this point because every new thing is a new thing. And she obviously. So new. Yeah. It's so new. And like I've gotten over the crying. Like I think when I didn't have kids, I was like, hey, crying sucks. Control your kid. But then you're like, oh, crying is the only form of communication they have. Uh, mm-hmm. And everything comes out through the cry. So you just don't know. Like we, we triage when she cries. It's usually 80, 90% of the time. It's a split between dirty diaper and she's hungry. So it's easy, right? And then yeah. contextually, it's like, all right, if she's hungry and she's crying. Oh, I'm sorry. If she's feeding and she's crying, there's, there's gas. So you just got to burp her. We, she hasn't had too many fart situations. that Like, like a trapped fart yet. Uh, mm-hmm. so I haven't gotten to do like the bicycle kick and then press on her legs that I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> we also haven't really gotten to like the colicky stage yet, thankfully. Um, the Dr. Brown bottles are apparently anti-colic, but we also haven't bought like the, the, the colic water. She just hasn't been col- colicky yet. And everything's yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, every, and I, yeah. And every yeah. kid's different. Not, a, not every kid's going to get it. Right. Which is good. Generally speaking, Carol and I are pretty chill about all this. It's just like, she's a baby babies cry mm-hmm. and thankfully all of our uh neighbors on the floor like we're we're one of the last apartments on the floor of like let's say 10 apartments we're the ninth apartment to have kids and most of the apartments oh, wow. have multiple kids and they're all young kids like the oldest is probably like six wow uh, and so it's like everyone's used to like kids just wailing uh and so like i'm not like you know I'm not sensitive about it. I'm like, oh man, I'm stressed out right. because my baby's crying. I don't want to get a noise complaints. Like we live in a pretty kid friendly building. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of young families buy into our building because it's such a kid friendly building. Uh, so, so thankfully there's none of that overhead there, but she's a freaking gremlin, dude. She's a swamp <laughs> monster. Uh, but we gave her her first bath today. Um, 12 days nice. out, we gave her her first bath. She was getting a little greasy. She came out with a full head of hair. And she was mm-hmm. looking like a middle-aged CPA. Um, and I was like, all right, we got we to gotta wash his hair, bro. Um, and then, of course, she pooped in the bathwater, uh, which is great. Um, you know, classic, 
class. We float. <laughs> we uh, we had to put. We have like one of these like uh, expandable like bathing basins. You know what I mean? Uh, and we put it over the kitchen sink. And so as she pooped, I was like, "Well, I made sure when right before that like none of the dishes were in the sink. I'm just gonna like wash yeah, the yeah. sink down a little bit because obviously I don't need baby poo on that stuff. But mm-hmm. all in all, dude, like it is what it is. You know, I'll go back to work tomorrow." Um, I had five weeks of paternity leave and I'm wow. breaking up so that two, I did a first two weeker and then I'll do right. three on the back end of Carolyn's cause she's got 18. Uh, looking back, I probably would have done it differently. I probably would have done three weeks at the start and then two at the back end. Um, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. Uh, thankfully I'm still working from home and you know, I'm, I'm home. So it's, it, in some ways it's helpful. Uh, but I also know that like, you know, going back to work is it's, it just demands something different out of you. So I'm going to tr- yeah. be like, I think my schedule is going to be really different. I think I'm going to do one of those things where I'm going to try and make sure that I'm up by six so that I can do like maybe the first morning feed and I'll walk Oliver. Uh, the ultimate stretch goal will be to shower and get a workout in or work, get a workout in and then shower uh, so that I can eat breakfast, get, you know, get some work in and probably sign off by five, five thirty. 30 is the goal. But, you know, like all plans, he doesn't survive first contact with the enemy. So uh, <laughs> I've been slowly, like, reading up on all my work slacks today. Just to be, like, trying to get it into the head. So it's like, all right, where did I leave everything? And it's been a pretty exciting time at the company. Um, not only before I left, but while I've been gone. So that just means that there's going to be a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say... That's really, um, it. That's really it on my side. Yeah, I mean it's 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 fun. It's certainly stressful, at, um, especially as you like get back to work and baby finds its voice more. The tough thing is like you know kids are gonna do what they're gonna do. Um, yeah, and it's it, like every kid's different. It's impossible to like you know quote unquote control the kid. There are gonna be times where the kid just is crying for seemingly no reason. Uh, it's, you know, you, you'll, you'll try a million different things. You know, you'll never figure it out. I remember one time Lana and I were going to go visit my mom and Gordon was having like meltdown after meltdown. And we like Lana breastfed Gordon. Um, mm-hmm. Like we initially, we tried to breastfeed and it didn't work. Um, we did formula for a little bit and Lana pumped. And then finally we got on, on breastfeeding and Gordon would do the thing like he, you know, with the bottle or even the breast, like he would always want to, you know, hands on. Right. We yeah. did, we did swaddle like straight jacket Gordon. He broke out no matter how tight it was. He all every morning he would be, he would, he would be out. His arms would be free. He, yeah. he is, he was a strong baby. Um, but yeah, so we were going to go visit my mom and Gordon was freaking out. We couldn't figure out what was going on. Usually, usually feeding him would, would solve all problems. He didn't, he never, he never cried over like, well, I don't want to say never, never, but he very rarely cried over, over a poopy diaper. He would just sit in his filth for, oh, you know, wow. with that. If uh, like, if we spotted it, that's when it would get changed. I mean, we, we would change it pretty, pretty quickly, but he would never cry about it. He, he just didn't seem to bother him. Um, but that day, uh, it turned out he was he was teething super early. Like our oh. thought of what it could be was teething, and it was like I don't know six to eight weeks in, and he was starting to get his first teeth. <laughs> um, Gordon had a full set of teeth by the time he was one. It was crazy. Meanwhile, my That's niece, super like, she, early, right? she, it was super duper early. It was crazy. Um, I think six weeks. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was like a little bit longer, but it was very early. It was very very early. Um, his first tooth. Um, 
but yeah, like every kid, every kid's different. Yo, you will like Gordon. He was his first flight was weeks after he was born, um, and he wow. was pretty good on that flight. But there were and usually with Gordon when it comes to flights, he he never like had major meltdowns the way you might hear some kids having had like freaking out on a plane. Um, like we even today this morning there was a kid who was way in the back of the plane who was crying like real real loud. And the plane hadn't even taken off yet, so it wasn't like the ears. It wasn't like the baby was having yeah. a problem, like you know, with the, with the pressure. Um, and like you know, you just you do what you can. Um, usually, other parents they they just people who, who people who've gone through it before they know like they they're sympathetic and it doesn't really phase them. Like it, it doesn't phase me even you know in the slightest. I have noise canceling headphones. And I just pop them on and go about my business. But um, yeah, it's. It's it's a lot to figure out, and yeah, every kid has like its little unique things. Like you like you said, you 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 figured out how to you know how to how to you know as soon as you finish feeding Riley, like she needs to be on your chest for a little bit upright, otherwise she'll have that spit up. You you, you learn, you figure things out, and things will change. I have like this little walk that I used to do with Gordon that would usually settle him down really easily. Um, that doesn't work anymore. He's he's too big for that, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, it's 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 fun it's fun and it's also difficult because there are gonna be times where once you do go back into work you're gonna be stressed you're gonna need you're gonna need your rest you're gonna need time to do xyz and you won't be able to do xyz because you're gonna have to sort out the baby and uh you'll you'll manage though no it's gonna be uh you're gonna hear from me just like i I heard it from you Uh, i feel like this will be really fun for you to like uh, hear it uh, from my perspective now that you're sort of beyond some of those points. Yeah, I think so. Um, the other thing is like I I would tell some people about like oh where like different stages that I was at with Gordon and people would laugh about it and I think you know I, like at the time I was like why she's not funny like what why are you laughing right. at my torment but I think now think like I, I'm not sure that I'm I'm a quite laugh. Like, again, like, the, I haven't heard quite, like, torment, like, you know, going through, like, a 19th sleep regression. You know, you think you're breaking out of these, like, every two-hour waking wake-ups. Like, all of a sudden, Gordon slept through the night for, like, a week straight, and then all of a sudden, we're back to every two hours. Um, so, but but I think what it was is more people laughing, like, thinking back on when they were going through that. And, wow, like, I forgot about those days. Like, I, it, you know... It's crazy how quickly you could forget about it, but as soon as someone brings it up, it's like, oh yeah, that like it was just yesterday. I remember that. Um, uh, the other thing I was going to mention is we never, we never woke Gordon up for for feedings. He always he that that boy to this day he will he will always tell you when he's hungry and he's always hungry. So if Gordon wasn't waking up every two hours to eat every like two to three hours, we would think there was a problem. And there was one time like in the first to you know first month of gordon's life uh lena was worried that gordon wasn't breathing because it had been like four and a half hours and he hadn't waken up and so she like gently touched him to see if he if if he was like breathing and stuff like to see if his chest was going up and down and he freaked out and just started crying (laughs) um it it's really interesting to hear different people's like perspective on on or different people's um not perspective, but their experiences with their kid and sleeping. Because some people have 
a great time. Like some people have it really easy. And I think that's also partially what like has influenced Lena and my decision to not have another kid because Gordon has never been the greatest sleeper in the world and we need our sleep. <laughs> and so yeah, sure. some people are like, oh, they're like, oh, this, this, this is easy. And then they have another one and the second kid is nothing like the first kid. And then it's like, oh my God, what, what have we done? Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's really it anyway. for me. I mean, we had a couple of friends stop by, which is great. Like, you know, oh, nice. having people. Um, that's good. Meet Riley, hold Riley. We're, uh, you know, we're starting to, what I like is just having people just meet her uh, is, is great. You know, she, she's got, a, she's been born into a, a nice village. Uh, and and mm-hmm. it's nice that, you know, she can, uh, she can meet them even though she'll never remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good to have those social interactions, I think, early. Um, I really do feel like a lot of kids were influenced by, like, had... So, like, Gordon was super social. He was he was interacting with new people pretty much every single week for the first six months of his life, and then all of a sudden the pandemic happened and things were locked down. So I do feel like there, you know, the, some kids have it different trying to open up with others um you know young kids and maybe like they've broken out of that at this point now but um we i i do feel like i i could see that with gordon where he was really cool with people early on and then after you know like the next year of not interacting with strangers and then trying to reintroduce gordon to people as the pandemic kind of died out and some of that shyness i maybe again that was him getting a little bit older but still um yeah, I, I do feel like personally that it's good to have those social interactions, even if they're never going to remember it. They at least yeah. like they they kind of build upon these experiences and are a little bit better when it comes to interacting with other people. For sure. I have to get out of here. I have to go yeah, to bed. Yeah, totally understand. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Well, I appreciate you making time. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm Reza. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see everyone next week.